Hey everyone, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and um, after a week hiatus, I am back with another edition of the freelancing Q&A, typically for newbie freelancers. Um, interesting stuff happening this week. So number one, you're catching me at the farthest possible moment from a haircut and a shave. I'm going to the barber shop tomorrow and uh, having both of those things done, but luckily um, you're catching me right beforehand. The other thing that's happening is I have a new phone that's hopefully got better um, graphical resolution, and I have a lavalier mic that is hopefully working. Oh, this is kind of new. But so, like, not only am I at, like, peak scruffiness, but now in higher definition than ever. So it is your viewing treat that those things have lined up. But anyway, today's topic is going to be uh, basically, like, say I took a handful of questions, and I'm going to kind of ball them into a general question, which is... Um, how does um, sales and then interviewing and negotiating with clients work as a freelancer? So um, a lot of you would be used to taking on salaried jobs, and that's a pretty well-defined process. You go, you um, do interviews, you have a job application process, etc. Now, if you're going freelance, what does that typically look like? And in previous videos, I'll throw in a link if we're doing this on YouTube. Um, oh, should turn down the Slack notifications. Uh, in previous videos... I have talked about um, using labor brokerage sites like Upwork or what have you, and those types of sites will typically simulate the job interview process for freelancers. So it's a very, um, it's kind of a way to sail out into the harbor before going into the ocean. And a lot of newbie freelancers uh, tend to engage in a sales process, and I'll, I'll, I'll use quotes there, a sales process that looks a lot like the job interview process. So as a freelancer, you go, you put your web um, profile, I guess, on Upwork or something like that, and uh, submitting your profile to an Upwork or a TopTal or Fiverr or wherever you go for labor brokerages looks a lot like, um, I don't know what sites are out there anymore, like Career Builder or Dice or whatever, but there's a lot of similarity between putting a resume on a career site and putting your profile or whatever on a labor brokerage site. So a lot of freelancers will start out doing that. And when you do that, basically everybody in the process is treating freelancing as kind of a employment light situation. So typically the business that's looking to hire freelancers will actually conduct a process that looks a lot like the recruitment process. So they'll go find a bunch of freelancers, They'll pick from among them maybe the top three, and then they'll conduct job interviews. And so you as the freelancer are kind of at the mercy of whatever that process looks like. So that's the uh, absolute beginner position, kind of the default or incumbent, is you as the freelancer are essentially being put through what is basically just a, a standard hiring process. And when you're doing that, there's no process to speak of on your end. So if they want you to do a phone interview, you do that. If they want you to come in in person, you do that. Well, I mean, I guess you used to. I don't know what's happening now. We're kind of getting back to in-person stuff. I, anyway, but whatever they're dictating, you're doing. So that's kind of, if, if you're on a spectrum from employed all the way on up to like business owner with an established business, you're still pretty much at that employed end of the spectrum where your clients are just dictating your own sales process to you. And so usually that's going to be some form of an interview process. Now, um, the question, one was, uh, should you agree to clients interviewing you? Uh, my general answer there is no. Uh, you want to get away from that as quickly as possible because um, in general, and, and I'll kind of talk through this uh, along this line of 
from salaried employee to business owner. But the more you dictate the sales process, the better your sales process will go. And frankly, the better the nature of your engagements will be. Now, when you are kind of flat footed, you just left the job, you hung out your shingle and you're up on all these brokerage sites, your clients are coming to you and saying, all right, applicants for this freelance position shall blah, blah, blah. And you're going along with that. Now, as with a salaried position, you can imagine you don't have a whole lot of leverage. Um, it's you against like however many other people and the employer is casting themselves as kind of the arbiter of who is good and who isn't. And at the end, they're giving you all a grade and you got an A, so hey, you're hired. Uh, but you're, they're still the professor and you're still the student. And very much throughout it, that relationship dynamic exists. Now, if you've only ever been in the salaried world, you're just used to that. Your employer, I mean, at the risk of being a little cynical, like an employer is kind of like a parent for adults. Like, uh, you know, you tell them, you ask them if you can have a day off and you tell them when you're going to be in the office and they tell you how to dress, et cetera. So you're used to that dynamic. You hit the freelancing world, you maintain that dynamic. Now, as you get more established, what you'll start to discover is, hey, you can have your own sort of sales process. So here's an interim state that a lot of freelancers will get to, which is there is, um, they put up a website and maybe they're offering a productized service or maybe it's the freelancing work, but they'll put up a form that basically says, hey, are you interested in working with me? Fill this out. And then the um, employer, client, uh, will enter like their name, some contact information and why they're contacting you. You get an email with that information and then you can actually have kind of a scripted process where you're saying, um, okay, you write them back and you say, hey, um, thanks for your interest. Normally what I like to do is a discovery call. Um, I do those every Tuesday and Thursday, etc. So you'll notice that there's a difference here. Everything you're used to has the um, client slash employer dictating every step of that process, but you can invert that and say, this is how it goes if you want to work with me. Now, obviously that process goes a lot better if people are arriving at your site and filling out your form versus if you're out kind of cold hawking your services, it's a little harder to then turn around when somebody bites and is like, all right, I, I guess I'll consider you. Kind of hard to turn around and tell them, um, yeah, you know, go through this whole process I have. Not impossible, it's more difficult. So understand that there is a dynamic between whether that prospect is coming to you or whether you're doing outreach to them or responding through a labor brokerage. But you do have some ground you can cover there um, even if you're going through the labor brokerage, like I'm guessing on an Upwork, you could put in your profile, like this is how I work with clients. Really what you want to have here, what all of this comes down to is you want to start scripting out what your engagements are like. So my first step is a discovery call. And then if that makes, makes sense for both parties, I do X, Y, and Z as part of my proposal process. We have another call. After that call, the following happens where I onboard you. I do uh, engagements that are of one to six months in duration. After the engagement, here's how we um, uh, talk about re-upping or, or whatever the case may be. But what you really want to do is, as best you can, script out what your engagements are going to be like. And then even if you're flat-footed in the sense that you're like reaching out through a site and clients are telling you to interview, you can at least steer them somewhat towards your process. I um, A long time ago, I was talking to somebody about sales and one of the best quotes I've ever heard when it comes to sales is somebody is going to set the agenda of your sales meeting and if it isn't you it's your clients so the more that your clients are saying all right you know 
be on this Zoom call at this time, come wearing khakis and a button-down shirt, do this, do that, the other, we're going to run you through a screen. If they're scripting the process, then you're not. Whereas if you take the first initiative and say, this is what I do, I have this call, I have that call, um, especially people coming from the employed world are surprised how effectively that works. And what I'll say about all of that is you wouldn't believe it. It's kind of a leap of faith, but usually clients prefer you to script the sales call. So I do a lot of sales calls. It frankly feels like all I do right now. And everything about that is pretty buttoned up. The length of the calls, um, what we cover. On the second sequential call that I do for Hit Subscribe, we have a deck that we go through that explains how we work, payment terms, all these types of things. So the more things that you think of when it comes to an engagement, the more things you script out, stuff like I mentioned, you know, what's the duration of the call? What days a week do you do calls? What is the time in between the different sales calls that you do? How long after a sales call will you issue a proposal? What does your proposal look like? Does it have letterhead? What does it cover? How long do clients have once you've set them a proposal to respond? When do clients pay you? How? If you script out all of that stuff, you're probably thinking, oh man, what a turnoff. I'm not flexible. Uh, I promise you it's the other way. Clients don't want to have to make all kinds of decisions about all these people that they're working with. So if you say, yes, I'm going to do the graphic design for your website, here's how it works from start to finish. You call me, we do this, we cover these things, I send you over these samples, you pick a few, etc. That's a whole bunch of decisions they don't have to make. It's a whole bunch of things they don't have to script out. They're just getting stuff from you. So um, in terms of the sales process, um, the more you own it, the better. And a lot of good things happen as you move along that spectrum from them dictating everything and interviewing you to you having a buttoned up sales process. Number one, almost by definition, it means you're more seasoned and you have a lot of experience because you know what all goes into an engagement. And number two, from a sales and optics with the client perspective, that makes you look like you know what you're doing. At every stage, you can answer their questions, you know how things work. So all of that together is good. It will improve your win rate, meaning um, how many people that you talk to on sales calls actually agree to do business with you. Oh, by the way, if you don't know that that's a thing, um, it is. And usually if you're agreeing to interview processes, you have an abysmal win rate. Like think of going and doing a bunch of job interviews. You'll go do 20 and two of them will be like, yeah, you know, here's an offer. That is a 10% win rate. That's a garbage win rate. Uh, usually people answering RFPs doing interview process have garbage win rates. For what it's worth, we have a, um, a dashboard and hit subscribe. Like our win rate on new business is almost 50%. So imagine getting offers for 50% of your uh, job interviews lot better and it comes from scripting uh, how things go and making that actually a good experience for the client. I would also argue as an aside you should maybe this is so the last question was about tips for sales so I guess I could segue in here this is not super scripted but segue from that talk into tips for sales and I guess tips for negotiation. Um, one of the tips is for both negotiation and sales Every call that you have that's a sales call, resign yourself to not getting that piece of business. And I don't mean to do that in the way that somebody who is like down on their luck in the dating scene is like, oh man, this is never going to happen for me. But more like I could go either way um, when it comes to this. So put yourself in the mindset that you're, um, you have enough business to last through the year and that if you took another piece of business on, it would be great because you'd be just flush with money, but it would also be a lot of work. 
Imagine yourself in that state where you're kind of ambivalent about even taking on another piece of business. Whether that's true or not, that's the mindset and attitude you want to bring into each call, which is almost like um, you want the prospect who ostensibly will become a client. You want them to be convincing you to do business. And now I know that a lot of people will say like, oh, a job interview is as much you interviewing them as vice versa. And I actually think that's good advice from a mindset perspective. But I mean, everybody knows that's not really true. It's, you know, you have 20 applicants and the professor is grading all of them and bringing one in. Uh, is, as you move along your sales cycle, it becomes more, or, um, your sales sophistication, it becomes more and more likely that you as the freelancer actually are kind of saying, um, is this a fit for me? Because you'll have enough experience to recognize red flags for when things aren't a fit for you and the experience with your kind of scripted sales call to call out things that may not be a fit. Like, hey, are you prepared to spend anywhere from $40,000 to $250,000 on this project? Because frankly, I don't take on projects that are smaller than that. So now if somebody was kicking your tires for a $2,000 gig, you can just end it right there. It's that kind of disqualification and that kind of attitude that um, helps with the script and helps with the win rate and generally helps with negotiation. Because at every point, there is this undercurrent of like, who needs this more? And the more uh, that it is the prospect or client that needs it more, better for negotiation, better for closing the sales, better for winning, and better for your business, because it typically means that um, you're flush. So um, whether that is true or not, like you might actually have no business and be struggling, but you want to do your best to convey that you aren't. And I think, honestly, if you're going freelance, a good way to achieve that is before you go freelance, have six months of runway or something so that in the early days you can actually walk away from bad prospects and not worry about paying your mortgage. So the more that you're able to have runway and the more you're able to have cushion, the better everything will go. You'll be able to script the process confidently. You'll be able to negotiate with more confidence and things in general will be better for you. Um, in terms of, I guess, more tactical sales tips, especially for freelancers that are new to it. I mean, the scripting one is the biggest one. The mindset of, um, I'm not really sold that this business is going to work out. You know, it has to make sense for both of us. Those are probably the biggest ones. Um, I would say in general that you want sales calls to be organized. You ideally want to try to anticipate what questions they might ask or what things, you know, they might grill you on to trip you up because the more that you, affect an attitude or ideally have actually kind of seen it all in terms of what you're doing, the better. So if you're selling graphic design, for instance, and somebody throws a question out there like, um, what's an engagement you've had that really just didn't work out and why? Kind of like with a job interview, if you're prepared to answer that, that's great. But unlike with a job interview, a lot of that is a simulation. It's kind of BS where it's like uh, you're going to rehearse all these answers for situations that you might not have experienced. As a business owner, like a freelancer, seller of productized services, whatever the case may be, you really kind of want to be drawing on things that have happened. Like, yeah, here's an example of an engagement that didn't work out. We were misaligned on price. They thought my services were too expensive. I thought their budget was too small. But we kind of negotiated and made it work. And then we were both miserable. Oh, by the way, um, another tip, don't ever, ever go down on price for somebody who is at the top of their budget. That will be a miserable engagement. You can just go ahead and say that even if you haven't had an experience like that because you will if you negotiate on price at the bottom of your uh, price range. So um, 
be prepared, be scripted. Yeah, that's another one I'll toss out. Don't ever give in on price, ever. If you say a price and they say, can you go down a little? Uh, no, not unless you have pre-baked in some idea of something like a volume discount, or maybe you say, um, yeah, I'll go down on price. If you prepay in full, we'll give you a 10% discount. So you can discount things, but only if they're scripted. Don't ever negotiate on your price. If it's just like, hey, you don't seem experienced, will you do it for cheaper or whatever? Um, there are so many reasons not to do that. It could be its own video, but I, I will throw that out there. Um, so yeah, it's really about kind of like confidence being practiced and ideally being practiced on the basis of having a lot of genuine experience. And um, I guess another tip is if you don't have that genuine experience, don't pretend that you do. Don't um, be in conversations where you've had one or two clients and then say something like, yeah, with my many clients, uh, maybe you can pull that off. You probably won't. You'll probably seem to the person on a subconscious level like a toddler wearing a suit and, and they'll see you for what you are. So be practiced, be polished and, and ready to say and address things. But don't get out over your skis pretending an experience you don't have. That's too easily discovered. So um, maybe the last tip that I'll close with is um, in terms of that polish and rehearsing, um, script out that sales process. You know, even if you don't know what that looks like, just in the barest form, script it out. Um, how long is the call going to be and all of that stuff. And then, silly as this sounds, maybe you find another kind of newbie freelancer looking to get better at this. Give each other your sales pitch. So do a bit of role playing and have um, take turns walking through the other person's pitch, record that call, and then watch yourself sell your services. Uh, I have done this. It is, I mean, I'm pretty used to seeing myself on video now. The cringe factor is long gone. But there's this whole added other cringe factor to watching yourself give your sales performance. It's brutal the first few times you do it. It's super valuable. You will start to see where you fall down, where you pause, where things are confusing when you're talking about, you know, experience or how you work. So rehearse it, run it through in simulation, watch yourself doing it, make notes, see how it can be better. Um, I would also fully endorse the idea, which I've done for a long time, of having a deck, um, PowerPoint, Google Slides, is it? Something like that, where, you know, Give it some light branding. It doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing in the world, but that will help you actually stay on message. Here, you know, are the things that I do. Here's the price range I operate in. Here's a couple of testimonials, et cetera, et cetera. And that's going to keep that call pretty polished and focused, and it'll give you something to kind of rehearse. And um, as you go through, you can also collect um, questions that people ask you, put them into an FAQ at the end of the slide deck. Again, the fact that you have frequently asked questions mean you're doing this a lot. So it's really all about, in kind of an honest fashion, like um, gaining experience. So start with uh, a script and have at least a loose thing that you like to walk prospects through. And you don't have to say on your very first one, like, I do this all the time. It's like, um, you know, here is the sales sequence that I'm trying to hone in on just to make things more organized and efficient. You can be honest, like I haven't done this before. I actually do that all the time when we introduce new things into the sales that I'm doing. Like, hey, you're the guinea pig for this particular set of slides is a new thing we're doing. That's fine. Um, but, you know, you should have a reason for it. So start with that process. Um, figure out what that looks like. Try to get clients to err more and more towards the side of doing things your way than vice versa. 
and then practice that process. Give your pitch, do your discovery call, have someone participate in it, get better at it. So I guess I'll conclude by saying that your sales and your sales process, like anything else, is a skill. You will get better at it with time. You can practice it and refine it, and you don't want to BS about it. Um, and if you do all that, you will successfully navigate away from being kind of a commodity freelancer agreeing to interviews to somebody that you know has an actual established and polished practice. So hopefully that's helpful for those of you that were asking these different questions around sales and negotiation. That's kind of my brain dump take on it. Um, as always, thank you for watching, and hopefully the video and audio worked. I guess I'll see when I watch it after this, and uh, I will catch you next time.